0: Back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv at the Cool Group site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And this particular day we've got a great guest coming in, our second hour, Paul Estridge, owner of Estridge Homes. And we're looking forward to having him uh, connect with us about the kinds of good work that he does as a Christian in and around Indianapolis. And so H.B. Bell and I are going to be discussing that very issue today, setting up this idea that somehow... Uh, we actually don't just build homes, but we actually build communities and neighborhoods. Good morning, brother. Good to see you today. Hey, man.
1: Good to see you as well, Dr. Mark Echel. You're doing fine today.
0: We are doing fine. We have a, a very uh, important issue starting here for us uh, tonight, and that is we have a special showing of our movie, the brand-new 45-minute film that we have going on for uh, Comenius Institute, uh, which is uh, going to be shown up in Westfield. So if you're on social media at all, make sure that you connect with me there and connect with all of the, the uh, places and times. Uh, it's going to be shown up on uh, just off of 151st and Ditch Road, and uh, we're going to be in an Estridge model home up there. Got a good group of folks that's already. Uh, decided they're going to be there with us, and uh, you'll want to be joining us if you're up on the north and west side of town. We've got a, uh, a new showing in Fishers up near where I live on January 15th, but we'll be promoting that uh, in the future. Uh, in this particular movie segment, though, tonight, we've got all kinds of folks coming in. We've got board members that are going to be there. Uh, My good woman's going to be there. Robin Eccles going to be up there. Oh, the the queen. Yeah, the queen is going to be there. So it's going to be a nice time uh, chatting with folks. We've got Polly, our CCO, which is our chief connections officer. Uh, She'll be there helping out. Uh, Josh uh, Collingwood will be there uh, doing our tech process. So that's going to be a very uh, positive evening as well uh we've got all kinds of guests coming in so it's going to be a good night looking forward to that hopefully uh it doesn't snow too much more i don't know what the uh weather forecast is um it's
1: supposed to be kind of like this throughout the weekend and uh you know i don't think it's going to be enough to stop people who are serious about coming from coming so there you go um, we don't have any hazardous weather coming so if we can get through the day then we can probably make it at the at the the homes up there that's
0: good well we're looking forward to that and uh Today's uh, segment is going to be on building neighborhoods. So we're really concerned about those kinds of things, actually interested in making sure that folks uh, are invested in their neighborhoods, uh, wherever those neighborhoods might be. And uh, we wanted to just give a shout out, too, to the Cominius Institute, which is the sponsor of this particular show. The Cominius Institute is a nonprofit here in Indianapolis. And what we do is uh, we cross three bridges at Indianapolis. Uh, First bridge that we cross is into college. That is uh, I do some work down at IUPUI with uh, students and faculty helping uh, students to think Christianly about their studies and then uh, with faculty uh, coming alongside them encouraging them serving the university community in whatever ways uh, we can do uh, down there at IUPUI and then we have a great opportunity to invest in community, which is what we do here every single week on our radio show. We're really glad to be a, a part of radionext.tv at the Cool Group site, and pleased for this uh, particular opportunity, even today, to bring you somebody here in the community that's uh, doing good. And that would be Paul Estridge, he's coming in in our second hour. And then, uh, we also cross the bridge into culture, and culture means lots of different things. More uh, just generally speaking, it's how people live. And so we're interested in making sure that we see and understand how folks live in and around Indianapolis. Uh, But because I do so much writing and speaking, uh, the cultural connections are broad. Uh, So, for instance, we just had uh, a journal article published uh, here recently, uh, which was on the abolitionist or the theological roots, the abolitionist movement, Uh, which is really important and powerful for us uh, here in this culture as we consider what it means to uh, actually uh, be invested in thinking uh, Christianly about uh, history and the kinds of things that um, we've uh, had to deal with and invest with in the culture as a whole. We're also going Facebook Live here this morning, so for those of you who are interested in in seeing uh, the twins, uh, that's what we actually call each other here, uh, Clyde, uh, Dr. Clyde Posley uh, was our uh, uh, co-host here this past year we're glad for having him on the show and uh, Harold H.B. Bell is my co-host here and we're glad for his uh, investment not only in Radio Next for the last seven years uh, but also in being my sidekick here even on this particular day so we're glad for that thanks for uh, watching those of you who are waving at us uh, okay. grateful for uh, grateful for your participation even uh, here for us uh, for these few moments so uh, we are thinking about the issue of neighborhood and as you think about that uh, hB what are your uh, general thoughts and comments about the the com- concerns that we might have about building neighborhoods. You know, it's ironic, Mark, because I am putting together right now a program,
1: um, you know, my background and my history is always understanding if we can get some music and some food and uh, create a reason why we need to come together, we can. so. Uh, I am actually setting up right now a five-neighborhood tour. Oh! No, we we, first need to find out what is affecting those particular neighborhoods, because what's happening here on the Near East side of Indianapolis is different than what's happening on the Far East side of Indianapolis. It's happening in Midtown Indianapolis. Uh, So we have to go in first of all and find out what is that problem in that neighborhood, Mm. and then get the stakeholders in the neighborhoods together Mm. to be able to say, this is the best way that we can fix this situation and uh you know I'm all community all the time so you're right when I saw that you were doing neighborhoods I got excited because I said this is what I live for yeah. and I think that if you can find the ingredients um to work and come together and say we can fix these problems in our neighborhood and it's not going to be one organization it's not going to be two organizations uh, much like with Reverend Harrison in Ten Point. yep, uh, they're trying to eliminate violent crime. But then what do we do with those people after we reduced crime? Right? Where's the hope? Yep. so we have to create opportunities uh, with new job opportunities. We have to create uh, family structuring mm-hmm. uh, seminars and meetings where people who are coming from single parent households know that we can still do this if we have the right agents. So mm. I, I just think it's all important and it encompasses everything that we talk about. Mm -hmm. In this Christian walk that we are obtaining to live, that's that's neighborhood. That's
0: right. And the emphasis, always from a biblical point of view, is uh, our focus, understanding that we bear responsibility for those who are uh, closest to us. In fact, uh, Proverbs, uh, one of the uh, books in Scripture that we go to often, Uh, Proverbs is uh, consistently telling us that it's better to be or better to have a neighbor close by than a brother far away. And that kind of connection is uh, always there.
1: Speak that truth, too. And and, and the truth of that is, and and I was trying to make this analogy with, you know, in, in my Christian walk. How uh, God created all of us, but we can take a mother and a father who has seven or eight kids, and they're all different. Mm-hmm. Why can't we accept that our father, who created all of us, mm-hmm. are just a bit different? Yeah. And uh, you know, I think when we put our differences to the to the side, and we're so much alike, we can make stuff work. But we just have to put those differences to the side. Yeah. And 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 even embrace some of those differences. All right.
0: Well, you have uh, tremendous connections here in the in this particular neighborhood, and it's kind of fun to hear about the five-neighborhood tour that you're invested in and and doing here uh, coming soon. But uh, when I think about uh, a neighbor being closer than a brother, uh, you know, I'm constantly concerned about uh, folks who live far away from me, especially family. Uh, Mom, if you're listening this morning from Denver, glad to have you on again. Uh, My children up in Defiance, Ohio, Uh, takes us a bit of time to actually get to see family sometimes when we live so far away. But nonetheless, bottom line uh, for us in this regard has to do with how do we communicate with the people that are uh, not only closest to us in proximity but also close to us in terms of family, and that's going to be in, uh, different things for different people. But we're really grateful for the opportunity to be a part of the family of uh, Radio Next, thankful for uh, this particular uh, platform that we get to be invested in every single week. We've been doing this now for three years our emphasis has been to bring in Christians who are uh, through and in out uh, through and uh, in Indianapolis, uh, who are doing good based on Titus 3, uh, 1, 8, and 14. The focus is always the same. do good, do good, do good. So we're really focused on that uh, in our communities and in our neighborhoods, interested always in the folks that are uh, committed to their neighborhoods. We have all kinds of guests on. We've had 200 guests from around. Indianapolis in the last three years. We've had a special focus on connecting black and white leaders throughout Indianapolis. That's been very important for us. We've been doing that consistently. And uh, as I mentioned just a moment ago about uh, HB and I, that whole focus on us being twins, uh, that really is true. Uh, our commitment to each other as brothers uh, is also uh, an important issue as it relates to. Uh, how we get along so well with each other so we're grateful for this opportunity to be invested here uh, we're going to take a one song break and when we come back we're going to be talking more about community we talk more about neighborhood uh, all of those good things those of you listening to us online we'll take a quick break here uh, those of you at facebook live will be uh, joining with you our continuing conversation even while we go on break So, you're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Radio, we'll be right back. Facebook Live, stay with us. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. We're interested in connecting communities in and around Indianapolis with Christians who are doing good, based on Titus chapter 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. And so, in our second hour today, we're bringing in uh, Mr. Paul Estridge, who is... Uh, in charge of Estridge Homes, grateful for his presence and thankful for the good work that he does in and around Indianapolis. And uh, what really fascinated me about uh, our conversation, H.B., when he and I were chatting at his office was the connection to neighborhoods. he said something profound to me that I, I won't soon forget, and that is uh, that he doesn't just build homes, but he's interested in hoping to build neighborhoods. And so that kind of commitment and that kind of connection is huge for us. And, and if I could say this about neighborhoods,
1: and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you know, it, the, the neighborhood was a dynamic for for me anyway. Growing up, um, we were surrounded and bordered by four public schools within about a two square mile area. Uh, we had neighborhood stores. We had we had uh, galvanizing entities where you had to know your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And today, I think one of the the biggest keys is how do we Uh, not try to go back to do that, but how do we create and envelop neighborhood again Because yeah. we don't have those opportunities Man we walk to school mm-hmm. So when you walk to school the neighbors knew who you were yeah. uh, You would get in trouble before you got home Because <laughs> the neighbors saw you throwing rocks I mean uh-huh. seriously So it built a fabric of responsibility yeah. It built a fabric of your own ecosystem Where mm-hmm. people could work within their own neighborhoods Without having to leave it to go uh, Buy their groceries or whatever Get their hair cut in the neighborhood be, Everything happened Little league baseball in the neighborhood now everything starts here, but everybody's doing their own individual uh, excursion out of right. where they live. And I don't know how you develop a neighborhood when you don't have uh, things that galvanize the people in it. So yeah. uh, I, I'm sure Paul is going to address that. And that's one of the things I've been noticing about his housing additions is that mm-hmm. he does have extra amenities that say you can stay here yeah. in your neighborhood. Yeah. And, and that's the only way it grows. Right.
0: This front porch mentality, you know, we really have... Uh, uh, in some ways, kind of walked away from that. Uh, I noticed in the I noticed in the suburbs, for instance, uh, we don't have front porches as much as we have back decks. And so, when you're on the back side of the house, nobody's <laughs> gonna be able to see you back there. <laughs> Wait a minute, not a, a deck with a six foot fence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's so too. Exactly. So the emphasis is always going to be on uh, putting ourselves out in front of folks. One of the things I love about my house, for instance, is that we have a front porch. We have a front porch swing, you know. We sit out there, say hello to the folks. Folks are walking their dog, little kids coming home from school, you know, saying hey to them. Absolutely. You know, watching little kids ride their bikes, you know, all that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's the essence of neighborhood because yeah. I don't think that you can uh, do anything without liking and annoying one another. I mm-hmm. tell you, you know a lot of my young guys who are who are into sports. Um, and I let them know the most important element of sports is the camaraderie. Uh, We used to have a team, you know, everybody on the team wasn't that good, (laughs) but we would all be playing up a level to see if the guy who was no good could get in the game to get to play, you know? And so that's that's like the essence of sports and that should Mm. be the essence of neighborhood where we're all working in this thing together. Nobody's Mm. gonna be without, Um, I can remember very clearly my grandmother uh, had a brick and brack store. Yeah. Where it was all used, furniture used, clothes or whatever, and Christmas would come and I would watch this lady make miracles happen mm. for families who didn't have yeah. uh anything and they would have a Christmas because she was giving them some of the stuff that mm. she went to Zionsville or Carmel to bring back into the city. So, yeah. you know, that's neighborhood. That's uh, it. We just, I think that we just have to be conscious of it. Right.
0: And, and here's something else. We, we don't want to forget the importance of this particular day either, and, and we want to make sure that we honor uh, somebody that needs to be honored uh, today, and that is uh, George H.W. Bush. Uh, the nation is in mourning today for, uh, in respect to his funeral. Uh, there is no post office service uh, today uh, in respect to uh, this great president. Uh, number 41, the United States president. Uh, we're grateful for his service in so many ways, not only as a pilot during World War II, uh, the greatest generation, as Tom Brokaw uh, so well put it, uh, but also a president of the United States, a director of the CIA for a time, uh, certainly built a legacy in terms of his family. Uh, Jeb Bush was governor of Florida. Of course, uh, George W. was president for two terms Uh and we're grateful for all of their service, but the kind of legacy that they that this particular family built. I'm thinking about Barbara Bush, his wife, who preceded him in death, a uh, number of months ahead of him. Uh, grateful for a family that was generous, was humble, was understanding, was uh, a, a group of people who expanded the horizons of others. And so, this morning, as we think about the issue of neighborhoods, I wanted to make sure to mention. This connection to George H. W. Bush as it relates to neighborhoods, which was his famous line uh, that the United States is uh, producing people who are a thousand points of light. And when I think about that thousand points of light connection, I'm always considerate of the idea that all people in a neighborhood actually bring their own light to that neighborhood. And I'm not talking about street lights or the lamps outside of your front door. I'm talking about the light that you bring to the neighborhood in terms of your person, uh, the gifts that you are able to give, uh, the kinds of giving that you do to others. Uh, When somebody new in the neighborhood moves in, you know, do you bring them a plate of food? Do you uh, welcome them? Do you give them a card with with your name and your address and your phone number on it? And you say to them, hey, you know, if you need anything, don't hesitate. Uh, Go down and check on them as they're moving in, those kinds of things. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you're living in. Those kinds of things are real easy, very specific, and I think real necessary if we're actually going to practice the kinds of things that we all want, and that is the kind of community connections that uh, all of us desire uh, in every place that we live, not only uh, in our neighborhoods, of course, uh, but throughout the state and throughout the nation. So uh, when I think about uh, presidents, HB, I'm always uh, grateful for all of them. Doesn't matter. We don't uh, we don't discriminate here in terms of uh, political perspectives. Uh, our interest is in uh, focusing on those folks who are doing good uh, throughout the United States, and so we're grateful for everybody uh, who serves in that kind of capacity, and uh, grateful, of course, for the kinds of things that you do in and around Indianapolis. You have all kinds of connections. I'm always amazed at all the people that you know, and uh, in the far-flung regions, frankly. You have social media connections in in the thousands, uh, certainly beyond uh, the kinds of connections that I have on social media, and also the fact that you're on the board for Cominius. We're grateful for that, too. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what does it mean for you to enlarge the neighborhood of Indianapolis Uh, in the kinds of work that you do.
1: You know, this is unintentional. You know, like you intentionally said, let me leave Fishers and go down and, you know, integrate uh, my community and understand what's happening in the African-American community. This was so unintentional. I had an opportunity to take a nonprofit that I felt like reading and literacy. You know, my wife and I, when we started this nonprofit almost 13 years ago, she was a reading and uh, English specialist when she was an educator and found out the biggest gap between the young african american students is the lack and the ability to be able to understand this language we deal with mm-hmm. every day once you can ma- uh, master uh, the language then you're free
0: mm-hmm. because
1: if you can, <laughs> man if you can read and you can understand this language you are absolutely mm-hmm. free and nobody can take that from mm-hmm. you so we said if we can impart that gift to our little young people and get them mm-hmm. excited about being anything they want to be then, um, and, 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 you know, that's, that's the one element of change we could make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I found out is when I started working with seniors, it was the same problem. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the literal uh, reading, it was understanding this new technology we're yeah. working in. So, so we, we had a skill set barrier there. And then we started working with returning citizens, and we mm-hmm. found out they're dealing with technology gap. Because mm-hmm. if you went in six years ago and now you're a free person, <laughs> you, you have to catch up on just how to even apply for a job. So we started noticing this is all across the board. This literacy thing is across the board. Right. And so to be able to say, how do I impart that as an element of help and an element of hope in the community, just do that. But then it led me to meet so many people hmm. who were working side by side and didn't even know they were side by side. Yeah. And so, you know, now... Um, the, the, this, this mastery of being able to say okay, I'm meeting all these people every day, God must mean for me to do something, mm-hmm. and I can patch two to three entities together because I've met them seamlessly and I've met them organically and know what their cause and mission yep. is, and now be able to say, we can get something done because it takes these three types of groups to make yep. uh, uh, solutions happen and, yes. you know, uh, and not only solution, it creates data And if people don't know what I'm talking about, uh, when you're in this nonprofit world, this is a world of data versus the reality. Mm. And the reality is you have to have data Mm -hmm. (laughs) to have a reality. Mm. And so to make that happen, you have to partner with agencies who are collecting data, who Mm. are saying, here's the reason that we're going to do this program. Here's the results of it. And if you don't do that, you know, you're fighting an uphill battle every day. So knowing the nonprofit world, meeting all of these different people, and then saying, how can I be an agent? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't don't need to be uh, the guy that's out front. I don't need to be uh, the person whose name is on the billboard. I need to be the person to say, how do we group these agents Mm -hmm. together to have some cause and effect? And that's you know, man, you know, going on eight years in, in the radio business and in 13 years in this nonprofit business, it's, it's evolving every day. Mm. It's a breeding organism that lives, and if you don't adjust to how mm. it is that day, then you're going to be lost. Plans are cool. Sometimes you have to throw them out the window and, 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 and redo. Yeah, You have to start over sometimes, but the foundation that you build allows your start over not to take you under. Yeah. So, you know, all
0: of those things. All those, all things. those things. you got to have a good, quick crossover dribble, don't you? Oh, man. <laughs> and if they steal the ball, you better know how to turn around and run back and play some
1: defense. <laughs> you know, you, you better be quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, in your decision-making, not in a hurry. Just, yeah. you know, always be be aware that you're going to have to make some adjustments. And I say this for people out there trying to do anything that's a good cause – uh, God didn't choose you for it to be easy. He chose no. you because you can handle some of the things that it takes to uh, uh, manifest change. He He chose you because you're strong enough to endure the folks who don't appreciate yeah. uh, the gift of giving. That's so, right. You know, you have to be thick-skinned man, to get in this giving game.
0: This is, uh, you know, you mentioned this issue of of, uh, of it being hard sometimes. Uh, certainly, that was uh, something that came out in the conversation I have with Paul Estridge uh some weeks ago as we kind of planned for this particular radio broadcast and that's one of the things we're going to be talking with uh mr estridge about in the second hour as as he comes in and talks about his life and the kinds of things that he's been through and now the opportunities that he has to give uh, back in so many different ways you mentioned a word uh, a moment ago hb i wanted to come back to it i think it's an important word uh which is intentional um, so often we think that things are just going to happen to us and good stuff's going to just kind of roll by and we're going to be able to pick it up and all that kind of stuff. No, that's not how life is. Life is difficult. Life is hard sometimes. But, but I think uh, uh, the, the, the primary, I,
1: I don't know, understanding that, that people should have is this. There is nothing good that didn't come from something bad. Oh, say that again. I mean, there, there's nothing good. that didn't come from strife, didn't come from turmoil, didn't come from dysfunction. Mm-hmm. That All the great stuff happened because there was a reason to come together to go fix it. Yeah. And, and you know, to me, I, maybe I'm wired different, but to me, man, challenges like my fuel challenge makes me go. Yep. Uh, getting up every day to say, how do we go fix these problems moves me. Yep. And uh, I think a lot of times we just want to be complacent mm-hmm. and live inside the by comfort zone, and then that doesn't allow us to go make greatness happen.
0: You that mean, that's just a just a just part of opinion. No, that, and that's an important idea. And you, you mentioned something else about data, and I probably should say this uh, generally to people uh, listening to us. Uh, between my website warpandwoof.org, uh, and Cominius Institute, we have a regular uh, response uh, of probably over a thousand hits every single week. Uh, in one form or another through social media and so on. We're talking about neighborhood and the building of neighborhood, but sometimes the building of neighborhood, it starts when you have conversations face-to-face, but it continues at a distance online. And so the folks that, for instance, we've had on the radio show, I'm thinking of folk, about some folks that we just had from Brownsburg, for instance, who were in for a couple of weeks, and uh, now we can continue that relationship and that neighborliness at a distance but we've met, we've been face to face, we've had pictures taken. People see us together, and that matters in terms of the digital neighborhood in which we live. Well, well, let me. Uh, this is this
1: is the most amazing thing about RadioNext TV, and I, I let people know all the time. And I, you know, I get jumped from every different angle possible, from the aesthetics to, um, you know, the 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 look of and all of that. And that's okay for me. But uh, the real arena is this. Yes. Uh, the real arena that Radio Next presents is the element of every day somebody who doesn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Or the they don't know who's going to be in this, this window. Right. And they meet one another and then organically relationships are built. And when that happens, it's not the same as going and me trying to meet Paul Estridge and say, I have an idea that I want to get across. Yeah. It's, it's Paul Estridge getting to meet the that's fabric right. of and I get to meet the fabric of and then when you call Paul Esther, you don't have to introduce yourself mm-hmm. or what my my reasons are right um, it, can we merge can we do some things to help neighborhood mm-hmm. would be the question and that's what happens every single day in here and so the radio station part that's just dessert, people so now you know no I'm dead serious I'm dead serious I mean because this is a meeting place this is like a gold star on steroids you know they used to have those networking groups where how are we gonna get 50 people in the room and meet mm-hmm. and yeah, network yeah. this is just network on, on the internet that's all but it, but it has its way of building relationships that you could not build if it was done through the uh Give me an appointment, let me meet you at two o'clock, your place or mine. Yep. The, the element is totally different. It's almost like cyber golf. <laughs> if, if you, I mean, that's why golf, that's why stuff gets done on the golf course. Yep. Nobody's thinking about who they are. Yep. They're chasing this little ball around mm-hmm. and, and they're having communication. Yep. And, and now we can get some stuff done because I don't worry about your political beliefs. I don't worry about what restaurants you go to. I don't worry about any of that. We're out here playing golf That's the right. at right.
0: time. Finding that common ground with folks is, yeah. is a real important idea. We talk, we're talking about neighborhoods here today. We're talking about front porch emphasis with folks, and that could be a literal front porch. But in our case, it's actually a front porch on the digital media side. So folks uh, around uh, Indianapolis and, frankly, around the world, are connected with us in ways that wouldn't be possible otherwise. We're going to be taking a one-song break, and when we come back, we're going to continue uh, with this discussion about neighborhoods, the importance and the power of that, what it means for folks like HB&I. And uh, soon uh, you'll be hearing from Paul Estridge of Estridge Homes. He'll be coming in as well. Uh, this is an important uh, radio show here today because you're, you're seeing this connection between the physical neighborhood of meeting face-to-face and then the digital neighborhood of seeing each other digitally. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio Radio RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And today uh, in our particular broadcast, we're really interested in talking about the concept of neighborhoods. And with us here today is Paul Estridge. Uh, Paul from Estridge Homes. Paul, welcome to the program.
2: Glad to be here. Thanks for having
0: me. Thanks for uh, being here and for talking with us about this. Now, in the in the conversation that you and I had at your office, uh, one of the things that really kind of stood out to me as we talked about what you do, obviously you're a home builder, uh, but one of the things that stood out to me was that you were really interested in building neighborhoods. So for everybody out there listening to us today, could you explain what that means to build a neighborhood? Why is that sure. so important?
2: Well, uh, let me say that I think that Neighborhoods are one aspect of uh, what I feel like um, our purpose is, mm-hmm. which is to serve and enrich the yeah. lives of each other, our families, and everyone we touch, to uh, continually grow and learn and live according to biblical principles. Mm. So, uh, in my somewhere in my 30s, uh, when I was dealing with how do I how do I manage both my faith and live it out through my work I didn't feel I was called to the ministry Mm -hmm. in a a very uh, precise way but how could I do what I think I am skilled at doing uh, lead a company and people young lives young families at that time and still young families today in in a way where our work can reflect our faith and serve and enrich and uh for some reason Churchill made a, a, a quote that's stuck with me through the years is, we build our buildings and then they build us. Mm. So that really moved me to starting to to understand that design, architecture, space, uh, what we see and experience uh, really does have an effect on us. Mm. We, we all any of us who, regardless of where we're at in our faith or, or our faith, we all know that when we're in a cathedral or a temple or something like that, we're, we're, there's something that happens to us. Mm. And and so how can I how can I do that and bring that to, to my everyday work? If I were a baker, how would I do it as a mm. baker? If I were a lawyer, how would I do that as a lawyer? So mm. I think that those of us uh, who believe... Uh, are called to live our life in a way that we, we bring it into the art and the craft of what hmm. we did. Hmm. So um, I started to open up my eyes and understanding that there were homes being built in subdivisions in in the suburbs of America that uh, primarily changed after World War II. This was when the big change happened. And if it, we can attribute it to air conditioning, hmm, we can attribute it to the emotional consequences of World War II and mm. so many soldiers came back and the different programs that allowed them to buy a home um, the affordability aspect of it and air conditioning took the front porch off of homes mm. and people mm. started living in their backyards mm. the barbecues became more the way people connected but then those became just people that they knew right. as opposed to People out in the in the neighborhood. And mm-hmm. Today we can walk down streets. We're in a great, great neighborhood. Uh, Woodford. I just drove by coming over here, and and what is it that people love about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I could sit here and rattle off a list, but we all feel it when we go there. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course, the front porches are important, but also is the the trees and the, mm-hmm. and the intentionality to planting of trees and the lines of sight. The architecture, mm. the proportion of architecture, great care that was taken. And so we're trying to bring that back, and we think that it moves people. It, it connects people of like-kind values mm-hmm. and appreciation. Mm.
0: That concept of, uh, of space and your quote there from Churchill about how uh, we build buildings, but then buildings build us. Uh, Do you think that the issue of space as it relates to uh, how people are literally formed inside themselves uh, has a tremendous impact on their person? I do. I
2: really do. I think, um, like the the last gentleman that I overheard, uh, who I just met, uh, um, was talking about neighborhood and the effects of neighborhood. Mm. And and I I think that the width of streets matter to the way Mm. we feel when we're walking down the streets, the size of the sidewalks, mm. you know, can be too narrow and, and too wide. And that, that somehow, over time, um, really moves us. And, and ultimately, the thing that, that I'm moved by in this whole discussion is, is the essence of home mm. that I think is so important to all of us. Mm. Is whether it's a heavenly home Mm -hmm. or whether it's the home that we grew up in and we have sometimes not great memories from but other times you know really really great memories Mm -hmm. and um, and we're trying to build homes for people and and I think that feeling that people get um, of home is one of the most powerful Emotion, spiritually that people mm-hmm. can ever have. Mm-hmm. And so that starts with the neighborhood. That starts with with literally the way we do what we do, our craft.
0: So when we think about the issue of home, I'm reminded, of course, of what Jesus said in John 14, that he's actually prepared a home for us. Mm-hmm. And that kind of commitment to home from his perspective eternally certainly has a tremendous impact on us temporally right now on earth.
2: I think it does. And... and, and you know, we've heard uh, a lot of stories about President Bush and, and what you recognized earlier. It's, a, it's a, an amazing day, really, in, mm-hmm. in history to see this happen, and, and it warms my heart. It reminds me of what our nation really is all about, yes. to watch what was going on today on television. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, the essence of home, he, people have talked about him going home in being with Barbara Bush mm-hmm. and and their little girl that was three years old mm-hmm. that, that died of cancer mm-hmm. uh, many years ago, but that that's a that's a very warm emotional spiritual concept, it which is. I think uh, one of the daughters was saying today that she thinks that um, her fa- one of the twin daughters uh, was saying that her father, she thought, was comforted in knowing that. His father was going to be at home mm-hmm. with Barbara, who, who they had never, the last 70-some years, had never spent a Christmas apart mm-hmm. and won't this year.
0: Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? That's, that's a fantastic idea right there. I, and, you know, you mentioned the, the warmth of this particular day and the, the, the monumental nature of this day as we celebrate uh, the homegoing of George H.W. Bush. Uh, you you mentioned something a moment ago about how this brings us together. You know, here you have great presidents. You've got President Obama. You've got President George W. Bush. You've got President Carter, President Trump, all of these folks that are invested in this day. And, you know, we drop for the day, at least. Mm -hmm. We drop for the day our political differences, and we recognize, once again, our humanness.
2: We really do. And I've been moved by how the media has... Come out and reflected on the times. Um, I I really had always had tremendous respect for um, our past presidents, and, and and boy, do I have some differences opinions on policy. Sure, of course. <laughs> but I I have really felt our past presidents to to a person were a very very solid. Uh, People Mm -hmm. and and I'm I'm heartwarmed to be reminded that that this can this can happen again.
0: Yes, it can, and it's and it's a marvelous uh, issue for us to consider as we're thinking about homes, we're thinking about building homes, we're thinking about the kind of work that you do in and around Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, stood out, uh, obviously, the reason why uh, we have you on the show today as a believer in Jesus as Lord. Uh, somebody who's doing good in and around Indianapolis, one of the things that stood out to me as uh, we were having these discussions in your office that day was that you went through some really hard times. Yeah. And one of the things I think that it would be important for our listeners and our viewers to hear from you is uh, give us a little bit of background on those hard times that you've gone through.
2: Sure. Well, to give you some perspective, I'm 61 years old today and and I've been building homes for 40 years Mm. and and enjoyed a tremendous career uh, for all but about eight of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, so just to kind of set the stage again uh, in, in 2005 um, 2006 and 7 um, we were blessed to, I could say that we, we had a very substantial net worth, over $50 million mm.
0: uh,
2: from the success of our hard work and efforts through the years um, and a substantial amount of that in the bank and no debt. And uh, we all know the story of the real estate uh, recession that hit us. and mm-hmm. uh, And so it hit us like everyone else. And unfortunately, my bank just decided to withdraw from being in the business anymore after many, many years of being together, which left us with no other uh, nothing else to do but, but to close the company. And hmm. uh, the closing of the company then uh, had me default on a substantial amount of real estate holding debt. And uh, so uh, I went bankrupt and closed the company. And, um, and then had some other issues, physical issues, health issues, uh, abdominal aneurysm, and lost both my parents very hmm. soon after that. Got fired from a, a job that I had taken in order to keep uh, money coming in. Lost our home. Lost really everything that happens when you go through one of those things. And, uh, and uh, I've had a four-way bypass surgery and many other little things that
0: have... Um, You've had your Job moments. I, I've,
2: had, I, I've read Job a couple
0: times <laughs> I bet you have. to get me through this,
2: but... Uh, you know uh that's that's the tough times that I've, i went through, but I will also say this as an end cap to that is uh, it's the most viable thing that's ever happened to mm. me in my life mm. is having gone through all that uh, has i I now feel more blessed having it, it was tremendous mm. it's been a tremendous experience and and mm. people think, well how in the world can you say that yeah. And it's because during that time of, um, of losing so much, what I realized is I was only losing worldly mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But I also lost with that as I lost the, the concerns of sales and, the, and, the, and, and having to hang on in order to try to do all those things that people were expecting me to do. And then when you're, when you're empty, your hands are empty, when the reality hits you that this is the way it's going to be, there's a peace. Hmm. There's a tremendous peace. And Hmm. there's nothing you can do. But I think it's similar to Dr. Kubler-Ross's five stages of, or four or five, I can't remember, stages of death, where you go through these periods of denial and, and anger and so on and so forth, but then you just get to acceptance. And then you start to have a very, very Calm spiritual result of that. People ask me, you know, what happened to your faith through that mm-hmm. time period? And it went through some twists and turns, but I never lost it. I never felt like, why me or anything like that? I actually thought, it should be me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't deserve anything, uh, I don't deserve to escape the consequences of. Of, of this world, and, you know whether it be war for some people, or mm. disease, or, or any of those things. I mean, mm. life is tough. Mm-hmm. Life is really tough, mm. and and the sooner we just kind of accept that, and um, and realize that we just got to keep moving. Yeah, got to get up, keep moving, and uh, face into the wind. Mm. And, and believe that uh, in the end, everything will be fine.
0: Mm. And all of that, of course, is based on, on a transcendent faith, one that comes from a personal eternal creator of the universe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about your faith specifically, uh, and you talk about your commitment as a Christian and so on, uh, what is it that you tell people on a regular basis is important in terms of the maintaining of faith? What, what is it that you would say to them that would say, you know, here's what you need to continue to do, the perseverance of the saints? What is What would be your comments about that?
2: Well, I, I, I think that it's ultimately comes down to dying unto oneself. Mm. I mean, it, it, to the extent we, we lose confidence in our faith or we, we feel like it's not working or we're losing connection, it's because we've made ourselves the center of our thinking. Mm. Selfishness, you know, die into oneself. Mm. Uh, I think that's ultimately what becoming a Christian is. And it's, it's sustaining that mm. ideology and that belief. And so I read a lot mm. uh, of other people's thoughts. Of course, the Bible. Uh, not as much as, as others, I'm sure. Um, and not as often as I would like sometimes. I still get caught up in the world. I still get caught up in, in, and I'm I'm still a sinner for sure. Um, But hopefully I'm I'm working my way through faith, through my faith, Mm -hmm. into serving uh, the kind of life that God gave me a purpose for.
0: It reminds me of uh, that passage in Philippians two fourteen uh, that says you're supposed to work out your salvation with fear and trembling.
2: Well, I've been there. <laughs>
0: I've been there. <laughs> and it's a constant task. I mean, the, the emphasis in the original language there is a continual process. Mm. It's not a one-and-done situation.
2: Well, that's true. That's yeah. so true.
0: It's a constant, continual emphasis. And, and so for those of you listening, those of you watching, uh, we're talking here with Paul Estridge from Estridge Homes. And... Uh, Paul has just told us about literally having lost everything, going through bankruptcy and so on. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about coming out on the other side. Tell us a little bit about that process and what happened and what were some of the steps taken, anything that you'd like to fill us in on in that respect.
2: Yeah, so I don't have a a five steps to recovery (laughs) uh, kind of thing. You just get up, like I said a minute ago, there's a song, and I wish I could remember the name, but listeners, I think... We'll, we'll recall it it's um, something to do with get up keep going I think it's by Toby Mac or something like that okay. but um, and, um, and and I that, that song speaks to me because it's so true you just get up when knocked down every time you're knocked down get up don't worry how long it took you to get up because sometimes you get knocked down harder than you were the last time get up and keep moving mm-hmm. and and that's that that to me is Ninety-eight percent of mm. of what you got to do, and then and then continue to keep your relationship with God going. Uh, I think one of the one of the things that was the hardest for me, and this isn't very easy to talk about, but one of the things that was very hard for me is how the people that I thought were really in my life mm. that I was close to actually left. Oh my! Yeah, and 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 it's taken me some time to figure that out. I was meeting with a, a friend who's a psychiatrist, and he said, you know, it's okay. Some people don't do messy very well. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that mm-hmm. was a great advice because, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that it's, a, it's a, a, a character flaw on their part, but, you know, some of us are drawn into, we have gifts for different mm-hmm. tough situations. And, and uh, for some reason, many of my friends uh, just needed to distance themselves yet others were drawn in. And so you, you, you take great joy in focusing on what is mm. as opposed to what isn't. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. that's that's my advice, really. And Just keep going and, and know that in the end it's going to be great. Mm. It really is going to be great.
0: No matter what it is. No matter it? what it is yeah.
2: and what happens. It's, right. It'll be fine.
0: All of us have different vocations in life. You know, we all uh, have different responsibilities that we're constantly engaging. You know in your case, you're an architect, you're a builder, you're a designer, uh, you're somebody who's invested in the physical, visible world. Uh, in my case, I'm invested in that, which you cannot see. I'm invested in ideas, right. Because I believe ideas change people and people change a culture. So the kinds of things that we're talking about right now, though, both of us are talking about ideas the kinds of things that are within the person, that literally are growing within that person that make a difference on the outside of that person. Right,
2: right. And of course I believe that the, the physical, the space, the neighborhood, the home, inspires those ideas, mm-hmm. those new thoughts. Yes. But so do events and circumstances, mm-hmm. and and reading and listening to people who have gone through different experiences. Mm.
0: You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to be taking a one-song break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Paul Estridge from Estridge Homes. We want to continue the conversation as it relates to a very specific topic, and that is the kind of good things that Paul and his family are doing in and around Indianapolis. We want to talk about some of the great opportunities that he has been given to give back. Uh, We'll be taking that one-song break. We'll be right back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You're listening to us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. By the way, if you're ever interested to check out our iTunes page, do go to the iTunes page and look for Warp and Woof. Uh, You can connect with all these things a couple hours after the broadcast today. We'll have the streams up. We'll be putting it on iTunes. Of course, we'll be archiving this particular Facebook Live post, uh, so you'll be able to see the video anytime in the future as well. Uh, we save all of those kinds of things. You see all of this on our YouTube channel. So, Cominius Institute has its own YouTube channel. Uh, check us out there. Also, my own personal website, uh, dot org. That's W A R P A N D W O O F.org. Very important uh, that we connect with people on a regular basis. We're talking about neighborhoods today and the importance and the power of neighborhoods and why we're committed to them. And uh, H.B. and I were talking in the first half hour of the program about the power of neighborhoods in terms of the physicality of them. Now we're talking with uh, Paul Estridge of Estridge Homes, building on that concept of the physicality of neighborhood, at the same time recognizing that the neighborhood literally is building us. So, Paul, uh, let's just, for the sake of our listeners, kind of bring them back up to speed again. Uh, remind us uh, what you said earlier about uh, the necessity of understanding that sometimes homes build us.
2: Right. Well, it all goes back to a, a quote or a statement by Churchill who said that we build our, our buildings and then they build us. That was a very em- empowering um, quote by him. First of all, it was, it was from Churchill, mm-hmm. which I didn't quite grasp but, uh, at the time. Why Churchill would say something like that, unless it had a profound effect on Mm -hmm. him. And then, being in the business of building buildings, I thought, well, then uh, I can bring to my craft of building homes with the people that I'm working with Mm. um, a way of of building lives in in some way, shape, or form to fall through on our commitment of serving and enriching the lives of each other, our families, Mm -hmm. everyone we touch, to grow. And to
0: live according to principles. If, if nothing else from this program today, I sure hope everybody that's listening and watching walks away with this basic truth, and that is that whatever it is that you do, your vocation that you've been gifted for in this world and in this life on this earth, that you recognize that this is indeed the ministry that you've been given to. And remember that the concept of ministry actually comes to us from a word uh, which means deacon, somebody who serves. So the concept of being a minister is to be a servant, to literally be a deacon in the culture of our day.
2: Well, I love you tying that together. You know, that was my wife one day. I was telling her when I was really becoming on fire with my faith that I I thought, you know, I think I'm going to have to become a pastor and, and a minister. And she goes, well, Paul... Your, your work is your ministry.
0: There you go. And
2: that was a big moment yeah. in my mm. personal growth. And then I started seeing uh, that as the pathway. My purpose was was to uh, grow and to help grow others and touch mm. and serve and rich lives mm. through what it is that we do.
0: Mm. That's fantastic. And that concept of vocation is ministry is something that we constantly talk about at the Cominius Institute, something we talk with our students about, actually, Uh, When I talk with adults about what I do uh, and help them to understand this, part of what they don't get is that they don't understand that being a student is vocation. Being a student is the work of the person. And so when, you know, my students are very busy, so I actually go to the... I go to the uh, campus center. I sit and wait for them if they've got time to see me. I don't expect them to do uh, extra meetings to come and do that kind of thing. That's good. I go to them. That's serving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true serving. That's right. So I listen to them. We talk about their disciplines, the vocation of being a student. And so, you know, even for adults, I'm trying to make that connection for them to say, hey, you know, these young people, what they're doing right now is hugely important. Mm-hmm. They're spending four years getting ready for mm-hmm. uh, the, the business world or the engineering world or the humanities world or whatever. Right. And so to hear you say those kinds of things and, and for your wife to say that and emphasize those things is, is a big deal. One of the things that we talked about just as we were going to break, just before break, that we wanted to come back in on was to uh, speak to Paul about uh, something that's very near and dear to his heart as we talked In his uh, office some weeks ago, uh, we talked about this very issue of giving back to the community. And so, uh, once again, the whole point of this radio show is uh, Christians doing good. And, Paul, tell us a little bit about the kinds of things that you're invested in uh, that you're giving back to people around uh, Indianapolis and the world.
2: Sure. Well, I think it's important to establish first that, uh, you know, out of our faith, we we set aside a very substantial amount of the the fruits of the harvest Mm. when the harvests were good. Mm. So even though we went through this very tumultuous time, Mm -hmm. we had set up a foundation, Mm. or two foundations, actually. Uh, So it was from there that we were able to continue to give. And and Mm. I think it's really important to know that you asked me a question earlier, is how was it we've been able to... You know come back and, and yes. come from the out of the ashes and i i failed to mention at that time but now completely want to convey that uh our act of giving in the times of the most difficult for mm-hmm. us was was perhaps the single most helpful thing hmm. to recovery, so to speak, Wow! Um, as we, we accelerated our giving hmm. uh, through the last eight years wow. and and uh, have given substantially, and I'm, I'm very grateful that we had the ability and grateful that my sisters and our children and my wife and I um, have, have had the hearts to do mm-hmm. that. As to the kinds of things that we, we've done. Um, you know, community is is neighborhood is is a big part of that. Mm. Uh, in two thousand nine, we had the we were graced with the ability to build the extreme makeover home in, mm. in the Martindale Brightwood nice. neighborhood on ABC's um, uh, finale mm. uh, show that not that that year, and um, and so we 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 chose to look at it not just. A house, mm-hmm. but the neighborhood, like mm-hmm. we've been talking about. So mm-hmm. one of the conditions of us doing the house uh, for the network was that we were not going to be limited to just the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to impact the entire neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the results of that were that uh, because we were in the technology business and had, had a, a technology company at that time, we built a, a wireless uh network over the neighborhood of 450 homes it mm-hmm. was able to give everyone free internet access which wow. is at that time it was a big deal but and and then the, the kids could have wireless connectivity mm-hmm. and computers that they all received as a gift from mm-hmm. Dell and then mm-hmm. uh, we we uh, were the lead gift on acquiring and building uh, 37 place which was mm-hmm. uh, school 37 mm-hmm. And, and in addition to that, we, we um, planted 5,000 trees and five miles of alleys were regraded and so on and so forth. And it, mm. it, it to a large extent, has, has helped kickstart that neighborhood into a new neighborhood mm-hmm. from where it was at that time. Mm. So that's one example. Another example of a completely different uh, kind of gift is Dr. Rotafeld at, at IU Health and Riley Hospital has been developing, there's a, there's a disease that some children uh, or babies are born with, with one chamber, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, just half of their heart, so mm-hmm. to speak. And um, they receive um, a procedure, um, and that procedure gets them to their teenage years or maybe in their mm-hmm. and twenties, and then it fails. It just doesn't keep up with him mm. he's developing a pump um, uh, that uh, this pump is, is, is very difficult but it's, mm. it's going to save thousands of lives mm. so we were the lead gift on that and oh, nice. we went to a, an event not too long ago and, and, and learned even more about it mm. so um, the Fontan Pump is the name of it. Okay. And uh, Dr. Rodef- Mark Rotofeld at Riley Hospital. Mm. And uh, I would encourage anyone else that has a heart for that kind of thing. You know, there's a, there's a new phrase in giving that I've learned in the last few years called impact, in, you know, giving. Mm. And, and I think it keeps us, uh, it's a double-edged sword a little mm. bit, but I think it, it, it makes us think about. Uh, giving isn't, isn't just enough but to think about what the impact is going to be from our gift mm. and uh, ultimately it's saving souls
0: yep. Yep. the issue of discipleship and evangelism something that we talk a lot about at the Comminius Institute is being apologetic evangelists so we literally are defending the faith but within the defense of the faith we're actually uh, telling people about the gospel by doing right. that Living it. Living it, yeah. That's uh, it.
2: Not necessarily preaching it, right. but showing yeah. it.
0: That's right. So, you know, on the campus of IUPUI, for instance, um, you know, I'm teaching a class where, you know, I don't necessarily know if my students are believers, Uh, But one of the things that they know about that particular class of me as a professor is that I truly care for them. Mm -hmm. And they tell me stories about the differences between professors on campus, you know, which is really uh, telling and kind of sad in some ways, you know, when you hear some of these stories. So, yes, the emphasis is always one on living it out. You said something uh, just a moment ago that I wanted to pick up on that I found that I find fascinating. And that's the connection that uh, you said God graced us with this thing. Mm. The word uh, "grace," literally in its uh, in its etymology, gives us the word "gratitude." The, the thankfulness and grace literally go together. So the Latin language actually uh, is dependent upon uh, the word "grace" to give us the word "gratitude." Fascinating that those two things are linked together. Right,
2: and, and explain to me because I'm curious by yeah. this. Is is. Um, you can't have one without the other. Is exactly. That what you're
0: so if you go back, let's say for instance, to Second Corinthians chapters eight and nine, uh, all the way through in the original language in that particular uh, chapter, those two chapters, the emphasis on gift and grace is shot through that whole thing. So if you, those of you listening, want to check this that thing out, look for the words grace and gift. And thankfulness all the way through those two chapters. They are the same words in the original language. And those chapters are again Second Corinthians eight and nine. Okay. Second Corinthians eight and nine, and uh, I've taught on some of this stuff before. So shoot me a note later to remind me. Hey, you know, could you send me the slide on that? Because I've got mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff on those sure. kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, but happy to, to talk about that because you know you're right, Paul, that this emphasis on commitment to living out the belief that behavior and belief go together they're not different from each other completely yes but to to wed that now with the third thing which quite frankly we we don't as christians talk much about but should more and that is that we have belief and we have behavior but there's also the being so the Mm. interiority of our person is being built up we don't think about that very often. Yeah,
2: I haven't, to be honest with you.
0: But to your very point, the idea of uh, the house that builds you, that's part of that being process, Uh, that attitude that shifts and changes with the space and the place that Mm -hmm. we're in. Mm -hmm. So that's really huge. So let's transition for a moment to talk about the importance of place. And I think uh, in the past, I've at least sent you some connections here on the theology of place. And we talked about that in our conversation. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the necessity of when God puts us in a time and place to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the importance of that. Maybe you want to connect it to yourself personally, to Estridge Holmes. Uh, Generally speaking to all people, it doesn't really matter. But why is it so important to recognize that God is the one who sets up times and places for everybody to live?
2: Well, I don't know. I, I mean... Simply, I don't know why it's so difficult for us. Um, I think that uh, I think partly because we disassociate difficulty from God, mm. and and uh, I think that's our first mistake mm. is we think God's just all about love and kindness, yes, and that when He's as much a part about difficulty and and, right. and struggle, right? You know, I uh, mean. The life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate, right? It's the ultimate example. I mean, why, if, if, if Jesus was uh, expected and asked to do what he ultimately did for us, why why do we get to escape difficulty? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I think I don't know, but I think it's, it's we have to associate difficulty and challenge mm-hmm. first and foremost with, with God. You know, I, I would say that um, for for me going through, I, I very quickly felt that as a believer, uh, seeing what I was going to go through, the abyss that I was going to go through, I didn't know how, how deep it would be mm. and what all of it would entail, but I, I knew this wasn't going to be this wasn't going to be what I had worldly considered fun before. Mm. And I still wouldn't consider it fun. Mm. But uh, I, I thought, what an example, what an opportunity to, for my children first and foremost. Mm. I wanted them to experience their father as a believer. How would he deal with mm. extremely difficult circumstances?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, mm. and um I was very mindful of that the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then I also thought in the community, you know, uh, within the community, the collection of neighborhoods and and the town Mm -hmm. that we live in, Mm -hmm. um, I personally have have, am rather well known as a businessman. And so people would be, and and probably known as a Christian, um, and so... I knew I was cognizant that the way I was going to respond to this was going to have a reflection on my faith, mm-hmm. and that I wanted my faith to inspire my response. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I've been amazed and, and really kind of surprised and taken back by the number of people who've come up to me and said, you know, you're being watched right now. Wow. And I was really taken back by that. I didn't even know at that remember what they were talking about just how do you deal with this mm. what that told me was that everyone is dealing with their difficulties mm. of some sort and mm. how does a man of faith deal with this mm. and so that, that's that was I was mindful of that the whole time
0: this uh, reminds me of another passage I'm thinking about Ephesians chapter 3 uh, verses 9, 10, and 11 where it, it literally says that there are angelic beings or heavenly creatures uh, watching us Mm -hmm. going through the process of difficult situations and trials and tribulations and so literally we are being a witness and a testimony to those those beings which are outside of our realm of existence take take that and then think about first peter which is the great book on suffering by the way Mm -hmm. for all those who are listening of course you know this full well but this uh, statement in First 1 Peter 1, 10 to twelve, where Peter says, "Even the angels long to look into the salvation that we've been given." This statement by itself is just so eye-opening to recognize that our testimony, our testimony isn't just on this earth. Our testimony is throughout the heavens, to, to
2: heavenly beings. Yeah. Yes.
0: I mean, that's just fascinating. And they are to me. In awe of our. They are. They are, and they long to understand this. But of course, they cannot because. Their uh, essence and their personhood is so totally different mm-hmm. than our own. Well, this is a fascinating discussion. We're going to be taking a one-song break here, uh, and when we come back, we're going to be continuing our conversation for a few more minutes with Paul Estridge uh, here on Warp and Woof Radio. You listen every, uh, every Wednesday to us uh, from 10 until noon, and when we come back, we'll continue that conversation. Those of you who Facebook Live, We'll continue the conversation off-air. Uh, you can listen to the podcast. Pick us up later on, cominiusinstitute.org.com, warpandwoof.org. Find us any place on social media. We're all over the place. Thanks for listening. Today, we'll be right back in just a minute. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. TV. All right, we're back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. TV at the Cool Groove site. You listen to us every Wednesday, 10 to noon. This particular week, we have a great guest on with us, Paul Estridge from Estridge Homes. Uh, we're talking here uh, this morning about neighborhoods the importance and the power of what those do for us and in us and through us literally we talked uh, in the last couple of segments about the power of how it changes our being our attitude our interiority and uh, just this last segment we kind of just broached the subject just kind of touched on the the idea of grace and gratitude and the necessity of seeing that in our everyday lives and And Paul was explaining to us uh, some of the giving that he and his foundation uh, does, his family does through a foundation. But um, we wanted to talk a little bit more about this as it relates to the everyday lives of individual people. Um, How is it that we can give back uh, to uh, just in everyday ways to people around us so that they see, we were talking about this earlier, the necessity of literally living out our faith and Mm -hmm. people seeing the behavior of, uh, that's so important uh, in that way. Let's talk a little bit about that, about the importance of everyday giving back to people.
2: Right. Um, well, I think it's is is it is giving back or is it just giving? You know, um, and I think of the life of Jesus when we think in the context of of giving, he wasn't doling out lots of money,
0: <laughs> right,
2: to people. Um, he just loved on everyone, mm-hmm. and and he. He, had, he he saw everyone mm. in their beauty, mm. and and lifted them up, and and you know all the stories about how people could see it in his eyes, or one to just touches his,
0: mm. his
2: his garment, you know, uh, be in his presence. Uh, that's to me thinking about how how can I as a person um, beam into other people's lives. Mm-hmm love and kindness Mm. and and i think it starts first with listening with an ear Mm. for that
0: it's not the truth
2: listening to what people are saying as opposed to maybe what's 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 the easy superficial interpretation but what's really going on in their heart and their life you know we 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 do it well with our children you know our children act out all the time Mm -hmm. our grandchildren and we, we we know that they're a little Tender hearts don't mean what they're doing. Why don't we do that with with fellow adults all mm-hmm. the time? That's not what their hearts mean right. to do, but they're in pain or they're struggling or they're going through a difficulty. And and he was so gracious with everyone,
0: mm.
2: uh, regardless of the situations.
0: Mm. This is something that's a a powerful statement to make because we have a tendency to run roughshod over people. Mm -hmm. And we forget that people are coming from a culture and a context. And maybe the context is what just happened to them in the last five minutes.
2: Absolutely.
0: So when I'm thinking about, I'm thinking as a teacher now, as an educator, I'm always thinking if a student comes into my classroom and they're a little off and maybe they lip off to me, you know, and that kind of stuff, my first thought is... um, you know, I wonder if they ate breakfast this morning. <laughs> right. I, I wonder if mom yelled at him going yes. out the door, you yes. know. Or, you know, more tragic and difficult issues like, you know, has dad left the home? Right. Or has there been some death in the family? You know, how are we how are we understanding the culture and context of where people are coming it's
2: from? It's so important. It's so important. And I think you but you have to first have uh, a heart mm-hmm. to want to think about it. Yeah. that way.
0: yeah,
2: And then you can seek to understand first. Mm.
0: Seeking to understand first is the huge issue I think always for us and and as human beings we have a tendency to forget that and Christians do just as much as anybody else. And so to understand that hey, this is a grace moment where I'm giving somebody right. grace and space so that they can uh, have a better response, perhaps, the next time. Uh.
2: Yeah, and so what, what allows us or what uh, disentangles us to be able to to look at something or, or you know, that, that kid that walks into your class and lips off, you know, uh, you could take it really personally and think, mm-hmm. well, how disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an adult, I'm a professor, so on and so forth. and um, But that would be very that would be taking it personally right mm-hmm. and so mm. I think that we have to die into ourselves and and live for other people and when someone mm. asks or says something that we don't that seems inappropriate ask ourselves why why is this you know mm. uh, this person's hurting someplace mm. and uh, be quick to forgive
0: mm. the issue of grace uh, transcends uh not just you know, the salvific grace that we've been given as Christians, obviously most important and paramount for us, but Ephesians 4.32 says that we're supposed to give the same grace that's been graced to us through Jesus. Mm. And so our responsibility then is literally to be grace-filled, and it goes back to that connection between gratitude and grace we were talking about just a moment ago. So that if we're truly thankful that we've been given grace... How much more important is it for us to give grace to the How far people?
2: are we from that yeah. on a regular daily basis? Yes,
0: that's right. And so I, I'm thinking about that classic parable that Jesus told in Matthew uh, where he talks about the man who uh, owed uh, a, a little bit of money to his master. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the master goes to his master and says, Hey, you know, I'm I'm a little short this month. By the way, everybody, this is Eccles Free Translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, little, I'm a little short this month, you know, can you give me a little space on this? And the guy says, sure, I can forgive that. And then when the, when the master who's asked for forgiveness uh, is now confronted by somebody else who perhaps even owes him even less, he gets all uptight and upset with him and kind of lords it over him. And, of course, then the master over him says, you know what, since you didn't forgive that person, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm right. not going to forgive your debt. And so for us to recognize how important that is uh, in, in the tra- traversing of daily life, of being able to give that up to mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. is a huge issue for us. It's
2: very important.
0: Yeah. So uh, think about this from uh, just an everyday life kind of thing. Think of some examples that you see on a regular basis where people are giving themselves up. It might be simply in the form and fashion of maybe some, one of your uh, people that works for you, Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who serves you in some way. Mm-hmm. How is it that they have uh, given you space so as to give you can give more grace to other people? Uh, what are some examples of things that we could say? Even the folks who maybe are building the houses for you um, that that give that kind of opportunity to other people. What kind of examples might you bring to the fore in that regard? Sure.
2: So, what comes to mind first of all is my wife Judy. Mm-hmm. Cause she she is the most grace-filled, loving, caring, selfless person I've ever ever experienced in my life, mm. and um, she has given shown me grace through all of these difficulties. Cause I haven't been this this uh, really polite guy through all of this. Uh, mm. I've been very uh, difficult at times as I've uh, wrangled around with, with all these things. But uh, she just has loved me through it. Mm. And, and so she, she comes to mind, first of all, my children, second, mm. who uh, have had to endure, you know, um, this. Now, now, in order for me to be graceful, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that was their objective. It's an interesting perspective, the way you asked me the question. Uh, I don't know that they were doing it in order to allow me to in turn be uh, giving grace mm-hmm. and showing gratitude to others, but they just, it was more the first step as mm-hmm. opposed to the two step. Sure. And um, so, I think that's a great question, and, and I think it's, it's a way to think about uh, showing grace mm-hmm. so that they, people are free and disentangled, I'll say, to yes. be able to turn and, and love on others. Mm-hmm
0: it really is the consequence of these actions so when we talk about being graceful or grace-filled toward other people the action then that should come from that um, again back to the parable that jesus told is that we should be forgiving other people Mm -hmm. we should be gracious and grace-filled to other people Mm -hmm. and often that's not the case we think somehow you know that this is this is some kind of awfulness against us right we take this personally as you well suggested before yeah So we're constantly concerned about how is it that I am coming across to people and how is it that people are seeing the testimony of witness that Mm -hmm. that, uh, they should be seeing in us. So let's, uh, as we kind of finish off here, our our segment here for today and uh, kind of close out uh, this particular program here on Neighborhoods, let's kind of flesh out the importance of doing this during this season of the year. You know, we're coming up on Christmas holiday of course, it's the holiday for those of us who are believers. That's a capital T and a capital H. For those of you who hear me, uh, this is the most important event because God became flesh, right. and this is this event is huge for us In Christendom. We believe in the uh, true space and time birth of Jesus, uh, of God becoming man in physical form. Uh, that all of his that all of Christianity rests on the historicity of. Whether or not this event actually took place, and we of course believe it did, we can go back and, and prove these things historically. But let's uh, talk about the importance of doing that during this season of the year. I realize that it's easier maybe for everybody to say, oh, this is the giving season. How can we maintain Christmas throughout, you know, January through November? Mm-hmm. What is it that we can actively do and participate in? Uh, from your vantage point, that could continue Christmas as a 12-month event.
2: Oh, well, that's a great question. I think I think first of all, we need to use our words more mm. um, in our giving. Mm. Um, I think words have have lasting uh, residence mm-hmm. in the in the hearts of people that mm. we share them with. Mm. I I like I, I personally have all my life. Uh, handwritten notes to people, nice. um, and I'm, I'm always surprised if I'll visit their office or their home or uh, wherever they'll have it pinned up on mm-hmm. a bulletin board. Mm-hmm. And I'll think, wow, you know, isn't that something that, you know, years ago, a hundred mm-hmm. years ago, that's how we all sure communicated with each other. I thought it was, it was incredible, um, my father-in-law and, and mother-in-law uh, mother-in-law died recently. Father-in-law still alive at 97. Um, they, they took their letters that they had written to each other their whole life and burned them mm. uh, because they were between them. And, mm. and they read them and then burned them because mm. it was just between them. Mm. I guess my point is, is I think that whether it be through writing uh, or, or sitting down and, and simply saying what a person means to me, That will carry on throughout the year Mm -hmm. uh, as much as additional events Mm -hmm. and certainly over gifts.
0: Yes. So the words that you're talking about aren't simply words that are spoken, but words that are written.
2: Written or spoken. Okay. But I think they're both ways of of communicating. Hmm. Um, The thing I love about writing what I feel and how I feel and sharing that with a person is that... uh, we all know, having received a note or a letter from someone, that we'll reread it multiple oh, times. Oh, absolutely! And and it'll just sink into us mm-hmm. uh, as we, we take in those words mm-hmm. so much more than if if a person just called you up and said, "Hey, you know, yeah. I'm just thinking about you and just wondered how you're getting along." Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? But that same person would write a letter that would be yeah. much much more meaningful, mm-hmm. and, and and we keep those letters and yeah. they they stay with us absolutely. Know?
0: They're important. Um, you know. My son is one of the few people that I know that actually uh, writes letters to everybody that he knows constantly. In fact, he has typewriters oh. in every room of his home.
2: Isn't that something?
0: Typewriters. So we just, uh, he moved into a home a few years ago. We got him a housewarming gift of, uh, of a lithograph of a typewriter <laughs> because uh, he just loves old typewriters. Right, right. And that's how, when we get letters from him, which is regularly, um, and he sends them to people around the United States, uh, friends that he has. Uh, these things are magnificent pieces. Well, they are. Yeah. Uh,
2: my son walked into my office uh, several years ago when he was younger, and uh, I happened to have an assistant that still liked to use the IBM Selectric. Okay. And, and uh, she, was, she just started typing on it. And uh, I had gotten used to the sound. I grew mm-hmm. up typing. Yeah. Uh, I, I had ignored it. He thought someone was shooting a gun. Oh my. <laughs> oh, my. He goes, what is that sound? Oh, and my. And he had never heard Isn't that what a typewriter was like. Wow. Yeah. That's something. But uh, we, we did, when we had typewriters, uh, we, we wrote more. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. And think about the books of the Bible. That's right. I mean, it all was from writing.
0: That's right. That's oh. how
2: we shared.
0: Mm-hmm. That's an important and powerful concept here. And, and let me just say to everybody that's watching or listening or will listen later on the uh, Catching Up with the Podcast or the Facebook Live Archive, either, either one of those. Um, one of the problems, by the way, when you're doing Facebook Live is that your phone might ring and there's no way you can turn it off. So right. <laughs> that. with it. That's right. That's right. One of these robocalls from Illinois I right. constantly get. <laughs> Uh, But one of the things I would just like to say to everybody here as we're ending today is, you know, as you're giving gifts to people, if I could implore everybody to write something. Mm. And I'm not just talking about the little tags, you know, on the outside knowing who gets what. I'm talking about literally writing a note, writing a card, writing something that would say, you know, the reason I got this for you was because Mm -hmm. this was very important to me to give to you and so on. So I'm really... I'm encouraging everybody to do that. Make sure that that becomes part and parcel of your holiday uh, experience. But also, of course, as we remember this great season as Christians, the importance of the physicality of our belief that is, that Jesus came in flesh. So we should be in flesh with others. We should. Second Corinthians 3 2 says that we are epistles known and read of all men. That means that people are literally watching us and reading us mm-hmm. in that sense of things. So. I suppose if uh, Paul were writing that today, he would say, we are emails known and read of all men. Right. Something right, like that. Yeah. Paul, thank you so much for thank your time you. today. We're I grateful for you. this. And uh, and for spending time on your birthday, man. I didn't realize it was your birthday today. It isn't. Oh, I thought you said it was your birthday. Oh, right? No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> you said you were 61. I thought you Oh, were... I'm
2: just, I'm 61. I was just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. All right. No, sorry. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Warp and Wolf Radio that RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're looking forward to next week. We'll have more guests from around Indianapolis. Paul Estridge here today with us today. We're grateful for that. H.B. Bell on our first hour, thanks so much for being with us and for being my co-host. Grateful for you and all that you do around Indianapolis. For those of you listening, thanks again. We'll be back again next Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Uh, hear us then. Until then, blessings on the week.